Long time coming. First time I heard that, I thought if Joe Navran was still making videos, that would for sure be like, there'd be like the quiet intro, and then you know, like the first song in the video with all the hard hitting tricks. <laughs> yeah. You would, there would for sure, that's like a Joe Navran song all the way. Damn. Yeah, I listened to that a lot. So, so okay, it, it, when you listen to that song and you imagine it being used in a skate section, do you picture skating? from now or do you picture skating from like 98 or like I 2002 amateur goddamn maybe for three he was able to like for three he was still able to like pull some of that out like demetrius his section in for three but no definitely uh <clears throat> how did it go it was um coup de tat because we kept saying <laughs> coup de tat <laughs> amateur not came like out saying coup Amateur came out after coup de tat. Coup de tat. It's, I don't think it's tat, isn't it ta? Coup de tat. Coup de tat. Coup de tat. Yeah, because someone who listened to the podcast said that it was really funny that we said coup de tat wrong, and then there was a <laughs> name that we should have said in English, but you said it in French. <laughs> what was that? What name was that? I can't remember now. Yeah, someone's name. Bennett. Howie Bennett. Benet. Benet. <laughs> That's a good thing. You can troll in real life if you just say something wrong every once in a while. I try and do the I, I try and do the Visa one. Visa? <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's a good one. Do you accept Visa here? Do you take Visa? Just really, <laughs> sometimes people just don't even bother. They just think I'm a fucking idiot. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that. Because it's something you'd say all the time. Yeah. First time I, I heard it was on the Duncan Trussell podcast... He's talking about if you really think about when you make a transaction, how weird it is. Yeah, I, I think about that. that all the time now. Yeah. When you're at a Starbucks, and it's like, it's very uncomfortable now. Like, I try and get myself to, if I'm in a really good mood, like, you can break it up and say, like, you compliment or ask them how their day's going, get a compliment. Yeah. You know when you're not in a good mood, and you're just waiting there, like, you're staring at the debit machine for it to go through in there they're waiting and they're thinking of like the next customer or something. It's what such it is, a weird trend. Yeah. It's like, it's a weird thing to go through. It's role playing. It's like a high state of role playing. Hi, like, how are you? You Good. are the consumer are and they are the cashier. That's why. Uh, it's, even you're, I, you're saying a script. You're like an actor in a movie. You're not, you're not being yourself and they're not being themselves. They're just counting the minutes to get off. Even when I just smoked doing a lot of weed, I could not, people who would go to like, movie theater stoned or like go buy stuff in a store like you need to 
be like a Jedi master of being high if you can like go into a store stoned and not overthink the transaction part of it. That's like my favorite part of being stoned is that is because you know over, nothing's happening. It's just your brain is overthinking everything and it's it's for me it was the best way to like go to the gym for my for my psyche. It was like okay, I'm I'm working myself up and I'm creating all these like yeah. I'm terrified of like She'll know, she'll know, and all these things that really don't matter. But when, my brain's just creating that, so I'm going to rise above that, and I'm just going to be relaxed and, and do what I, what I do. But when was the last time you, you actually... When was the last time you did that? Not for a while. See? That's yeah, the thing. Yeah, it's been a while. Now your, your perception of the world, you know more. I bet... But I know that I got better over intense. time at dealing with being extremely stoned. <laughs> and, if you're, and if you're dealing with brownies and cookies, it's even worse. Remember Holy that, shit. There was that one time where I was like, uh, when I worked at the theater and there would be the staff shows and like, like you or Mason or whoever could come and I, I think I phoned you and I was like, um, I can't, uh, I can't go to the staff show. And he like, we can't go. We can't go. But uh, I just, I am not feeling, con- I'm just, I don't want to leave the house. Like, I'd eaten a pot brownie. And you know when you like, it's at even at the point where like, not only are you not going to go to a store, you can't leave the house. And going out there, it's the wild. Terrifying. Or there's the reverse of that, where, where you feel so like you need to excited. get out of the house, but then you realize that it's even worse out there, One of the man. best things you can do is, uh, is, unless you're really like to anything put your skates on and if it's nice weather like or bike anything like that actually like physically takes you out of yeah it's amazing like we were talking about that when we were picking up lazy like the reset button of going just the act of going skating once the it's like a crazy reset button. can just refresh your whole operating system i just i found that old tape um the mushroom story from ikea did I tell you, I like going through all these old tapes. I found the tape and it's on one of the drives. <clears throat> and it's like, if you watch the tape, you just can't tell that anybody's on mushrooms. And I remember like we were in an Ikea parkade, which you could freak out really easily that like the store could fall on you or there could be an earthquake or whatever. But like the freedom of like when you could see we were really enjoying the act of the way skating felt like on your feet. It's really yeah. healthy to just enjoy. Bike riding can totally be the same. And I don't know how... I want to still want to learn how to skateboard. I'm sure it's like the same thing. It's probably really nice to just cruise. Yeah. But it's like all those things can feel so good. If you're freaking out or just like go it's It can be your salvation. Air. Fuck. Like that, that one session we had where I ate way too much of that brownie. And I, I was freaking out. Roller, the only salvation was the skating itself. The, the skating. movement but of no, skating. No. When I could fall into it, it was like, it was bliss. And then... You said filming was difficult, though. You like you were really freaked out that you were holding, like, this expensive... Ca- you just imagined, like, yourself smashing all of your teeth and the camera breaking. Or, <laughs> or no, you imagine me smashing my face and all of my teeth, and then you falling and the camera breaking like you. <laughs> Shame spiraling. Yeah. But if the funny, the funny thing is, is like, it, it is a drugs conversation. But but even without drugs, we we do this, these things happen to ourselves. Well, but we it, but experience go, these things. But you go much further down. We go. It's 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 very extreme. 
I heard a really good point where it's like, in that state, it's almost like you're in the corner of a room, just staring at one spot for a really long period of time. Like, that's how it can go. Not that, just in terms of like, where your focus is, it's not that you're staring at nothing, it's just that's in your mind. Yeah. You go to one really specific place for an extended period of time, and then you snap out of it, you're like, holy fuck, how long was I thinking about that? What did I look like? Like, could people tell that I was thinking about that? Do they know? <laughs> you know what helped that, though? And Carly critiqued this, that this was my, <laughs> this was my prescription. Beer. But it's true, beer. Yeah, alcohol. <laughs> helped a lot. It's... It really does. Yeah, if you're it freaking works. out on drugs, yeah. you gotta drink some beer. And even if you can't, like, if there's no beer, do a shot. Yeah. Something hard, just one shot, just loosen it up, loosen it up. It's there for a reason. Yeah. People that don't drink and haven't drank in months, props to them. It's really hard to do. Yeah. Is that, is that really low? It's probably just because it's, like, zoomed out. Oh, okay. It should be all right. I'm yeah, sure it'll it normalize or whatever. It's, yeah. uh, I always find that my, like when I go back and listen to some of our Skype uh, conversations, yeah. your voice is really loud and then mine's really quiet. Do you notice that? Is that when I record them or when you record them? Uh, either way. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, I was wondering as if, long if there hasn't I been actually any talk or quietly or if my settings on my computer are different. Might be the tones of voice. You sound fine in my Skype headphones when I do it, but... Let me ask you, do I sound different when we're recording a podcast? Like, do, I think do we the both tone do. of my voice, do you notice it? We have... Uh, depends. I think it goes back and forth for both of us. I've been called on it before that I've been talking in podcast voice. I think... Oh, definitely the solo ones. Because it totally changes your voice. But, but, but even... Because right now... <laughs> It kind We're of being recorded. Sometimes it kind of feels like you're doing this a little bit. Like, it feels like you have to do a little bit more. But podcasts at their best is you forget that it's being recorded. This is yeah. hard because this setup, for people who don't know, like, it's good, though. This is more physical. <clears throat> We're standing, and there's a mic between us. But it's weird when you can see, like, the, the thing recording. Maybe I could... Should I just turn this off? No. The, the monitor? It's, uh, when you're... You can minimize the program. <laughs> is that still recording though? Oh, that's nice. That is nice, hey? Yes. Oh, what about... Oh, oh, oh that's, that's nice. Good. That's good. It is true. That, yeah, it's, uh... screens are distracting. It's fucked up that there's so many goddamn TVs in in bars. I heard... That, that is... That is crazy. Um, Best thing I ever heard about that is... It was... Uh, Jordan from Vancouver plays in the bands and stuff. He was yeah. like, I feel like a fucking moth, like, and a light that he's like, I don't even want to watch the TV, but someone can be talking to me. And it's like, you just feel yourself wanting to watch it. It's so... On the plane, too. People would be watching movies that I didn't want to watch, but if they're beside you and they're watching a movie, you're trying to focus on, like, listening to a podcast. You're like, you can't hear the movie, but you're working out, like, story elements. Like, you're kind of partially invested. If you can see the screen... It's so hard not to watch the movie yeah. or the screen, like especially sports highlights and shit like that. Some... I'm surprised more people don't complain about those things mm. because that seems like a trend where, like, I've been in in bars and I'm like, holy shit! Do you realize how mm. much, m m uh, 
how much, how many dollars worth? Did you go of... to Sports Central? Is that why? Did you go to Sports Central? No, I haven't. Oh. Been to, but like Which certain bars in Vancouver, oh, like you look around, yeah. like holy shit, there's like thirty five thousand dollars worth of screens. Well, it really helps us. the like the the walls are plastered with screens. Like the amount of money that they put into that, and is is it worth it? Yeah, well, because. The Dude. first time you ever set foot in a nightclub or a bar or like a sports bar or something and you're not even drunk, it's so, it's intoxicating like the stimulation of the senses. It's mesmerizing. It feels like you're going into you're, like you're a hypnotized. carnival. It's like walking into a carnival or whatever. Yeah. It's like if there's loud music and there's lots of chatter and there's like the, sm the booze smell, it's like, ooh, I could hang out here for a while. I could hang out here uh, every day of the week if I wanted to. Yeah, I could drop right. some cash in this place. The, Let's the, just like, sit here for a like while and spend money. Screens. There's like a uh, like Kino ding, 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 ding. and uh, there's that one where there's like the cartoon characters playing blackjack and shit now. Jesus and then sports Christ. highlights, logos everywhere, like lit up neon things. But don't aren't there like a certain demographic of people who just want to go and like hang out with their friends and like actually focus on what their friends are saying? That's why Noble Pig's the shit. There's Is Noble Pig Noble Pig has? I'm a big fan of booths. And booths are nice. Booths yeah. and booths. <laughs> booths? Yeah, booths. Booths. <laughs> Big fan of booths. <laughs> and low low lighting. Low lighting and booths. <laughs> booths. <laughs> booths. Booths. Booth. Being in a booth. <laughs> <laughs> and low lighting, I find that you can hit a stride sometimes where you really feel like the where you are, you don't get distracted as much by like people walking by and shit. Dana and I would, or did you ever come with us to the old Cactus Jacks? If you went there early enough, you could drink and just sit, and it was like dimly lit, and there was like and a whole nightclub were... thing happening, but it was all anywhere that's like off to the side, and you yeah. can still be somewhere where it feels social and it feels like shit's going on. But you can just be sitting and like, you can even just be people watching. Kind of like private rooms. Like, you know what would be cool is like if you take the karaoke model where it's like a group of people that rent out a room. Yeah. But then it's, they could do karaoke, but it could also just be like an internet connection and people could like just connect to it through their phones and like show people YouTube videos or put on movies or whatever like that group wants to watch. That's and it's a, a place where like people, fucking idea. they serve drinks and you can you can play music, yeah. but it's all conducted by the group. Like the establishment stays out of it. They're like, okay, you guys play whatever music you want. There's like technology that easily connects to their their phones, and they're like, we want to hear this song or we want to watch this movie. But I I know it sounds like a great idea, and it is. But do groups of people want that level of responsibility? Do people want to customize their environment, or do they want the easy way out where it's customized for them? Yeah, that's gonna happen. I well, I think. I think people are getting to a point where they're used to getting what they want. I think if you presented that idea in someone's the sixties, hey, people gonna... would be like, no, 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 it wouldn't work. But now people are used to going online. Oh, people were doing what that in want. the sixties in the comfort of their own home, though. Yeah, in the comfort. It was of their more, home. and that's happening though. Like, <laughs> if a group of like dudes or girls get together, it's like, I guess maybe guys do it more, but like. Someone will always be pulling up shit on YouTube. Someone will yeah. always be talking about the song or video. The thing that I thought of, and that it must be on its way, there was points like on our trip where we would be talking about songs or YouTube, that there just needs to be a universal like holographic floating screen on a table that everyone can see and everyone's in control of it. 
and you can even just like touch it if that makes any sense it's probably way too futuristic yeah but, yeah like, basically it, an interface phone... that a group can it can exactly. interface with yeah uh, th that would have been really handy on our trip at numerous points totally. where it was like each person had their device that could control it or you could just touch yeah the thing and it yeah. can float and you could almost use that anywhere like it would be more for video stuff like you couldn't necessarily control the place I, I don't know i think that yeah you're on it'll get to that There's point where you won't even that. need the room you'll actually be able to create that experience at the table but i don't know if people would have headphones or we'll get there we'll get there that's happening because what what happens like everyone crowds around one screen right that happened yeah. so many times on our trip where like everyone wanted to see the photo that people were laughing at or what's everyone watching and there'd be so many people huddled around like even like the ipad it was still like it's not it's not as immersive. It's not designed and for it's a really, group. It's it was designed really, for an individual. It was short, right? Like it was a really short thing. Everyone would look in, laugh, but then someone would start laughing again. Then everyone would hollow back. But if it was an actual like space, it needs to be a bigger screen or a bigger. Yeah. Yeah. And I think didn't Nintendo try and do that with? I haven't looked at like what it is, but their new machine. There's like there's the game system, and then. They tried to design something, the fact that everyone's in the same room, people are doing different things on different devices, and there's one main screen. It's the new Wii. The Wii... The Wii... Uh, the, the latest version of the, the Wii, Wii basically has... Wii U, yeah. It has controllers, and each controller has a screen on it, and it controls the main screen. Oh, okay. So it's, so it's it similar. It takes that idea, but it's but like... I don't, I don't, yeah, I, my experience with it, it, it... I don't know. I think the screens... Too many screens. There needs to be one point of focus for the but entire. But your group. device that you have can control the screen somehow. Yeah. And, um, like there was a Bluetooth. It's getting really techy. There's a Bluetooth speaker that uh, Chance's girlfriend brought, and um, that you can control it from your phone, right? So you can bring the Bluetooth speaker anywhere and control the tunes. That's like it's the beginning of that. Like you yeah, know, like totally. a portable speaker that. You can be sitting really far away from it, but there's like a thing where if she's hooked into it, you can't just use your phone to go, to like control it. If that makes any sense? Yeah. So but how does that work? Like, how, if she's multiple like, people want to, the first person who's like hooked into it is like in charge. So it's like, and she has to give be, it up because you can't just be at a party and like anyone on their phone can yeah, control the music. Work. You need to find the master of the speaker, and you right. have to be allowed control. So. That's an element of it, too. It's like, if it is a group experience, everyone's going to have to agree somehow. That's where I think it's just going to start to be like, everyone in white suits standing and nobody talking, and everyone's just controlling stuff with their mind. Like, yes, let's watch that. And floating, like a floating holographic image that I can definitely, just change. I definitely and like, think that and language... People can yeah interact with it like using our voices is archaic i think it'll move slow slowly towards no talking yeah, and yeah just yeah. showing our thoughts in visual ways and and manipulate manipulating those visuals too yeah that uh like there was a lot of people who couldn't speak english on my holiday and you could literally just have like an image between you that you manipulate it to get what you needed out yeah but you find that you use visuals with your hands. You go instantly to visuals. Anybody does if they... What did Mason always say? <laughs> Try not to point when you're giving directions. He's like, it's fucking impossible. <laughs> Try and do it. 
Try and do it. Try and explain directions without pointing. Without using... Or, or without using your hands, right? Even talking, like, to try to talk I'm without using hand your talker. hands. Yeah, like, I'm a crazy my, hand talker. My dad, when he teaches, it's like, you have to... It feels good, too. It feels really good yeah. teaching. There's the David Lynch, too. He'll, like... He'll... He's, when he's trying to think of an idea, he'll shake his hand as some kind of a weird distraction mechanism and it works really well if you're trying to think of something if you just like shake your hand there's like yeah weird things built into our body that makes that shit work it's almost like moving your arms in a certain way can help you find the words that you need to to articulate what you're trying to say like it helps <laughs> oh, yeah. you know it's like uh it's like sometimes i'll be talking to carly and she's like why are you acting so crazy? And I'm like really animated using my hands. I'm like, well, I'm just really into what I'm trying to say. Well, this is that, helping. That also means this that you helping. haven't like, if I haven't done shit in a while, I'll really like. Yeah, your body's like rebelling. Like, yeah. I think I want to move. At uh, the new place that I'm going to work, I'm bringing in fucking boxes and I'm going to do stand-up desk. I found nice. like my shoulders were so tight even after the first day that I would be, that's more like my own habits, but like it's so fun to stand. Yeah. Right now, stand-up podcast, it's a, totally. lot, it's a lot more physical. Yeah. Naturally, we started talking Keeps about you awake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. Totally keeps you awake. Yeah. Like, if you're, if you're at a party where everyone's standing, it's going to have a different energy than if you're at a party where everyone's sitting. <laughs> It'll get crazy. That's, no, but that's a... Going into a party, and you don't really know a lot of people, and everybody's standing, <laughs> and you haven't had a drink yet. <laughs> like a nightmare for me yeah that's like social anxiety to the extreme because you gotta stand well no just like finding your place at the party and having those fucking intro conversations could just be my thing you know that feeling right or is that just i guess there's a certain type of person and i definitely have that like entering a house that hasn't established like the things trying to figure itself out as adults having conversations and stuff I'll eventually find my stride but family events like lots of anxiety for those things hmm I was actually thinking about social anxiety on the way up here and I was wondering because I do have social anxiety uh, and I was wondering if I'm concerned about my own comfort or if the social anxiety comes from me worrying about other people's comfort and I was actually thinking that a lot of my social anxiety comes from perceiving other people's comfort levels and then really being stressed about their comfort comfort level level? as Um, opposed to mine yeah yeah I I can see that like if someone if I can sense that someone else is uncomfortable that makes me anxious yeah my worst thing is I could easily find one or two people and talk to them for like a podcast length. Like I could just find one or two people at a party, just talk to them for like the length of the party. Yeah. But then I always worry that if they're not into it, that I have to excuse myself and then I'm stuck floating in the space of the party again. It's like, oh, that was so good. I could have just stayed in that for a while. So it's like, I have trouble moving around. I don't like the short interactions because I want right. like, to get somewhere. Yeah. But then if I, I don't want to feel like I'm the guy that's talking someone's face off if they're uninterested usually i'm right. i have a sense if they are or if they're not so that's my biggest thing that is a com- that is the other person's comfort hey that's true yeah if you feel like you're talking for too long that's about them more than you like you're being intrusive and you're 
you're being a source of anxiety to them. I think now it's, we're it's, fucking it's, adults, though. We're it's important. People. I think it's important to almost Apparently. get comfortable floating. No, no yeah. way. Attach yourself to one spot. Let the floaters come to you. But if you're a comfort, a, a comfortable floater will attract people to that floater. Like, oh, that dude's floating, and he he doesn't give a fuck. I want see what this guy's all it's about. hard to float do you know how hard it is even just it is body hard lang- just your body language alone to float comfortably with a beer internally if you're uncomfortable and you're floating you have to own that shit like you really and, and you can sometimes like there's been times where like if you've been skating all day or something like that i could float easily but there's times where i can't float yeah i gotta find a spot or like like going to going pee is an it's like a religious experience sometimes just going into like a quiet bathroom and being able to collect my thoughts then I can go back and float for a little bit Pink sometimes tree. I go instantly to like take a pee and take a moment because I can't sometimes I can't go right into it do you ever go in and just <clears throat> be like like I do this when I'm I'm not really feeling social I'll be like I'll go I'll be a I'll be a observer and I'll just like I'll I'll go to conversations that are already happening i'll just walk up and just observe and i'll <laughs> but just then the comfort thing comes in again and it's like are they thinking why did this guy just fucking come up and start listening to the conversation like right but then there's also the other side kn- there's also the other you side need to that you know need to- the person that you need to know one of the people that you're observing enough for it to go down you can't yes just that's true you can't yeah you can't be a, an observer of people you don't know you can't go up to people who don't know you and You're just listen to their guy. conversation instantly that yeah, like that, that, that's like this guy but if you, you know, if, but if it's like a family thing like you know a certain amount of people you probably just go up and not even say anything yeah. just like like i have get, a smile and react and positively to what they're saying and i get cornered too like, oh by people cornered? who want to talk your ear off yeah yeah i get I some somehow sometimes I don't know what it is, but I get people like that get really comfortable about telling me their life stories. <laughs> in it, like sometimes like oh I don't even know why I'm telling you this, and it's like I don't know either. I don't know how we get here. <laughs> that happens. That even would happen. Like remember we'd be out skating. It's also like my patience sometimes to listen. That you would be so mad that like a crazy street person and I like would be talking yeah and you would be you'd be like let's film this shit and just be like <laughs> yeah. listening to this, what they'd have to say even if it was crazy talk i think i'm just i'm really bad at excusing myself too i'm getting better at that like to a street person it's really hard to say that listen it's been nice talking to you but because you want to you want to give them a little bit of your time enough to know that someone cares and listens but not too much so maybe sometimes you got to be cold I think like so sometimes hard. there's there's power like, in not giving people fucking anything because you don't owe people. I that feel comfort. like you don't owe them. I validation. feel like you help them out though if you. If you just listen for a little bit, but then that's when, I do think how we were talking about like career change. I do think that that's where, eventually I will end up in my career. That might just be the thing that, if I have done that naturally, sometimes yeah, that might just be what I want to do. For like my a, career. a professional listener. Yeah, definitely. I would love yeah. to do that. It'd be amazing because I could, I could literally sit and listen for a really long time and actually have shit to say without tuning out. If there it's is one-on-one. a huge industry for listening, <laughs> yeah. there are, are a lot of people who need to pay someone just to listen to them talk. Yeah, it's I love, huge. And I love <clears throat> the idea of an, uh, the 
the importance of an objective source that's not, I've probably brought this up before, but like, it's not your girlfriend, it's not your friend, it's not any family, it's an objective yep. source. And that's why there's I think, nothing that you're going to say that's going to offend them personally because they're, they're just totally detached from your life where they can say shit like, well, what do you think about, like, have you ever thought about it from this perspective? And then it's like, yeah. there's nothing attached to the opinion. Podcasts are really, I think people like I get hooked on podcasts cause it has an element of that too. You're just listening to people talk. Yeah. There's something kind of related to that. It's like some form of therapy. For the people that are talking on the podcast, for you listening to the podcast, if you're recording the podcast. It's totally, it's like the therapeutic. I love, if I could afford, I would love, I've I've done like the creative coaching, but I would love to have like once a week or once every two weeks, just someone to go to. Like, oh, it's retarded that therapy's thought of as like a crazy person. I think it should be available to like everybody. Yeah. It's like, it should it. be required. It's yeah, almost. There's a, there's a certain there's level of shame. Shit. Like yeah, I have to go to my therapist. People are like, oh, you're crazy. But there's, it's a, there's a benefit to it. Therapy. It's healthy to just floating tanks. Talk. Yeah, floating tanks. And psychedelics, but psychedelics very minimal. Like like controlled environments. There should be like there should be like a crazy license to get to the psychedelic point where like you can't you have to undergo therapy you have to undergo flotation tanks you have to undergo a physical activity yeah. like yoga or rollbutting or skateboarding or whatever yeah. exercise you have to get to a certain mental health and place in your life and then, and then you are you are given the the holy mushroom the access the access to no, the but, there, sh- to the but there's someone to guide the through yeah there, there's there'd be a shaman to guide you through. And you have to like prove that you're stable and in a place where it's not going to destroy you. Yeah. Or um, I feel like that's the next level, but we're like, things move so slowly. Like there's yeah. so many old structures that have to break down for it to get there that you're still going to have to drug stories and yoga and flotation tanks. It's, it's going to be uh, weird for however many years until it becomes it should be a fucking standard thing. It should be part of like the health industry. Right now, people have to figure out and seek out those things on their own. Well, and they have to think that it's like, what would the world look like? That repression thing. Like you almost can't even share those stories with people in your everyday life because they're going to think that you're weird or like, you can just bring up that you've tried a flotation tank or that time you did mushrooms and I hate that. Yeah. Why can't that change? It's yeah, like, there's there's a mask over it. There, it's like it's a, it's very difficult to talk about it in a rational, like logical kind of way, because people instantly just disregard it, or it's yeah. just perceived of as hippy dippy talk, or like you're afraid of being judged. If all that was stripped away and you were able to just talk about those experiences in a really matter of fact kind of way, people would really benefit from that knowledge and. It would be really healthy. Because, like, okay, let's just say you're with, uh, like, Carly's family or whatever. This this is, like, if if someone brings up a story about drinking, like, everyone has a story about drinking. And Everyone's it's comfortable yeah. to, like, talk about... Talk about getting loaded and barfing. And yeah. it's, like, it's okay. It's funny. Yeah. But as soon as you talk about, like, I was, I was stoned or, like, like if you freaking like, out, then it's, like, a certain portion of the group will be like it's so funny you can be like yeah i was like yeah i was 
blacking out and <laughs> puking and I felt like shit for days. And, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and when I did mushrooms, I realized I had to cut this person out of my life and I yeah. wanted to go back to school and that yeah. I wanted to get into yeah. shape. Yeah. What, you did mushrooms? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah, and it's backwards. It's so weird. There's a reason, though, uh, like... Uh, it's the classic hit, like hippie thing, or whatever. There is a reason why there, those things would never be legal, because it's, it it does, break your life down in a way that's so uncomfortable, that, people wouldn't. The structure of the way things work, like. Like why do you have to work five days a week and the weekends only two? Like you would just start thinking about all that stupid stuff. Yeah, it's, I've been things, thinking a lot that things about... are working very well the way they are. Yeah. Don't. No legalizing pot, no legalizing mushrooms. I think, I, I, I think that substances have been studied at great length behind the scenes by governments and studied in like, okay, if the, whole, if the entire population, if you replace alcohol with acid, how is that going to change the dynamic of society? I think it wouldn't like, work. It, that yeah, wouldn't, I think, it wouldn't be good. It, it wouldn't be good would or down. maybe it would be good for some, but for most society would kind of crumble and it would lose the order that we need to survive as like 7 billion people that's really trying to get along on a planet shaman's important yeah well someone acting as a meaty like a for the small and for the small group of people that are gonna choose to do it i like your level system yeah but it can't I, be for everybody because alcohol really like as much as it does fuck you, it is like it's been around long enough and it, it I'm, we're all careless with it and we've all been careless with it but these other things are very <laughs> very intense in their own way so you're right I we think... need we need a certain amount of cogs that's the reality to get what we've got to record this podcast have a computer you need a large portion of the population to be content going and working in a factory, doing monotonous work day in and day out. Yeah. So substances like alcohol and caffeine help that system. They oh, help you work all week, jacked on caffeine. How many cups a day are you at? I'm keeping it reasonable. Three's the max, three yeah. small ones. Yeah, 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 I'm and about the same. I, don't... I totally notice when I go over that, I don't feel good. And <clears throat> something that really helps if you're Before having... four or nothing after... Well, we're breaking the rule right now, but sometimes nothing after five o'clock. Yeah. Something that I find really helps my intake, if you're having trouble with caffeine intake and you're drinking way too much, start drinking black coffee. Because For... you get the benefit, but it, it you it's it. harder to drink and, and, and it keeps you within reason. Yeah. Like you don't just chug it down. Like if you have like a, a lot of cream and a lot of sugar in the coffee, you can just down it like yeah. nothing. Black coffee is the shit. It is the shit. It's healthier and it'll, it stops you from like chugging it and getting crazy. Yeah. I was saying, um, cause I've been grinding beans. Did I tell you this? Like the other morning I got up and I'm like, this is so like druggy what I'm doing right now. Like I'm getting up and I'm grinding my beans so I can yeah. extract the juice that'll make me <sighs> feel all speedy to start the day off. Yeah. I, just need, I just need my coffee. I, I need it. I need yeah. it to start the day. Yeah. But it, it's, it's a great working. It's a drug. It, it makes, it makes you more productive and we all want to be more productive. And then you want to forget the day so you drink so you drink alcohol at the end to calm down i need my uppers and my downers these are the 
These are the socially acceptable uppers and downers, encouraged by the office place. <laughs> it makes sense. Social lubricant, too. Yeah. Uh, alcohol, have a drink or two. It just it feels easier to talk to people. <laughs> totally. It does. The lubrication. I think, but I think the ultimate, and people may dispute this, and I've probably said things that are contradictory to this, but I think the ultimate state to get in is to be able to is to be is to be non-reliant on any clarity. substance yeah you, clarity you get a level of clarity and focus that like if and it also empowers you so much when you're not relying on a substance yeah, but i feel like um uh, i agree with that and i wish i could but i feel like i would become slowly more and more like an asshole yeah like i knew some kind of secret and that Without even, like, I would subconsciously feel different Elite. than... Yeah, 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 like... Yeah. Because it, that is the secret. Like, if you yeah. drink a shitload of water, and you eat healthy, and you exercise, like, all the standard shit that you talk about, you start to literally, like, see through everything, and you're able to deal with things so easily when you're that clear. But then, that's not the structure of the world. And it's like... Yes. <laughs> if you if you refuse that piece of cake and you don't drink the coffee and you don't have a drink when everyone else is, you're really distancing yourself from having fun and you just have... Right. Yeah, there's downsides You're to missing that. out. And I think... And I also think on the same note that... That's why some people just ditch and go live in a fort like the monks, but they're missing out. Yeah. They're, Simple as they're that. They're missing out on life. They're missing out on society. Think of how many life. fun times you've had drinking coffee yeah drinking or getting beer. mad crunk and listening to hip-hop like those are the best times when you're three beers in and like a good oh, song shit. comes on and Don't it's even. really loud yeah you're gonna deny yourself that i think i've almost i think like to get to a point where where you're at a level where you can just not need it all it's almost like you need to go hard on all that shit and and take in a lot of it oh and, yeah allow and yourself. extract all the benefit but then have the willpower and the intelligence to say, okay, I've extracted everything I'm going to get out of this. Yeah. I'm probably not going to get any more benefit, and I would be better off yeah. learning from it all, but going clean and just be really healthy and focused. It's an ongoing you... relationship. Yeah. Like anything. Sometimes there's relationships that you have where it's like, okay, this is like, I've learned everything I've learned from this. Might be done, but a lot of it's always ongoing. Unless, I mean, if it's like heroin or something like that. Yeah. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, there's only one lesson that seems to happen fucked. with that one. Yeah, yeah, you're pretty much fucked. But some everyone's people, gonna alcohol, die. Al See, alcohol, though, like can some, really fuck people. Like, just getting up in the morning and just chugging vodka. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I haven't seen Leaving Las Vegas, but I hear it's really so intense. good. Did you see uh, that new newish Kevin Spacey movie where he's the psychologist? No. It, uh, yeah, it's uh really interesting he's like this crazy alcoholic pothead uh psychologist fuck what's it called is it in the, the cover i saw it on netflix the cover is him on a lawn chair like passed out with like drinks and like he's kind of a mess like his think, wife died and that guy lives it up i'm pretty sure that guy has a pretty oh, fun life <laughs> i remember seeing something where he was like it was years and years and years ago where he was just partying with puff daddy at a really swanky nightclub, and I was like, wow, like, 
the people who just don't give a fucking let the fame I don't know like just own it yeah. looked like he was just owning it that Kevin Spacey because he hasn't done many movies lately so it seems like that character but might he's done enough and he's that character just... might be close to who he actually is and Bill Murray's the same yeah. way like it seems like when Bill Murray like a lot of the characters in his movies like they smoke weed and they seem to be like always struggling with they like to get fucked up but they don't but they do anyway. <laughs> George Clooney, similar one. There's guys who just like, I don't think they'll ever be married. But they, they always straddle the line. I was like, should I be settled down or whatever? <laughs> so did you watch this movie? Yeah, really good. It's a yeah. He's a, he's a psychologist. We, Yellow cover. We still going. Look at how little that is. That should be fine, hey. Um, Should we see. take a quick break? Sure, we could take a quick break. Yeah, like if you zoom in, it gets bigger. Oh, shit. Am I like ruining our lives? Well, oh, this computer shit. is really old. Oh no! Oh no! I broke it. This saves as a file, though. Yeah, we'll be all right. It's happening. Oh shit! Oh shit! I'll be able to cut this part. Whoa, look at that. What was that? Interesting. Oh, Jesus Christ. LP is fucking so God good, damn. hey? Have you heard that song? No, that's good. <sighs> <sighs> Such a good sample. So you should pump this shit like they do in the future. So you should pump this shit like they do in the future. First time I heard LP was to that Chris Farmer section. Yeah. That was the first time I heard an LP song. <gasps> damn. Fantastic Damage. Have you yeah. heard that whole album? Uh, no. <sighs> And I showed you that uh, Return of the Robots or Rise of the Robots. Remember, it was like the documentary film with LP. Yeah. He's really funny, like really good on camera presence. I'll have to watch that again. That must have been a while ago that you showed me that. Like it's called Rise of the Robots. Return of the Revenge or something. I don't know. It's like a documentary film of when they're on tour. It's really good. I fucking love those like music documentaries when they follow the band and it's like personality, like the Pantera one. LP one, there's a really good Super Furry Animals one. The there's Pantera that, ones are amazing. He's, he's like smoking weed or something, LP, and he's like, you're gonna get lots of shots of us doing this, and then he like <laughs> makes fun of the like blowing smoke into the camera, but it was so cool to see like the one, two, three, he was actually <laughs> doing it, Yeah. and then he called himself out, and then did like the little, I just love that shit, people who kind of make fun of themselves, if they look overly cool in the moment. Amazing. Have you seen The Art of Rap? No, is that on Super Netflix? Good. Yeah. It is? Yeah. So is it people talking about 
of talking about rap. Did it make you want to start rapping after? Uh, made you appreciate Maybe want to continue <laughs> rapping? Really? I'm sorry. <laughs> That's right. But no, Maybe it was it. really yeah. good. Really good. Have you written any raps lately? Um, I haven't written any raps. I've spit some raps. Okay. So That's like right. on the spot. Um, yeah. I posted that song on your wall, but Carly said there was too many lyrics for it. But I thought, <laughs> didn't that sound like something that you might write? Totally. Yeah, that was good. That's I'm, a hilarious. I'm gonna beat that bitch. I'm gonna beat that bitch. I hate that, that bitch. That bitch to college. Oh yeah, I'm that bitch. I hate that bitch. <laughs> That's a good song. Okay, so what about the art of rap? That was me doing podcast voice right there. Okay, so were you trying like steer it back to what you were talking about? <laughs> yeah. What was like some highlights or what was it? Just seeing like some of the, some of the hip hop superstars just really candid. It was a lot like a series of podcasts. It was pretty much just a series of conversations. Yeah. Uh, Ice T just goes and talks to like Kanye West. And oh, he then, made it. Yeah, he made it. Parts of it are like pretty cheesy, like Ice T parts with like really nice cityscapes and him just walking and like talking about rap, you know, like in the iced tea voice and it's pretty cheesy. But when he sits down and just talks to some of these guys, like it's really, really, if you like podcasts, yeah, no, really I do. Like it because I it's basically a series of podcasts. And then all the rappers, I think most of the ones that he interviews do like, uh, uh improv, like freestyle yeah. to the camera. So you get like Eminem does a freestyle. Kanye West does a freestyle. Kanye West, that fucking Cool guy. Keith has a small part in it. <laughs> like Kanye it's so West, good. I'm sorry. Like I, I he's 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 he like, really took it. He's with it. Kim Kardashian. Like, <laughs> <laughs> don't let me into my zone. Don't let me into my zone. He's he was a producer first. That's why his story is really interesting. But like, I just don't. I can't. It's Musically, really hard. I don't, I don't really dig a lot to of listen to his music yeah. and not look at it as like almost like a self parody, like that he's almost like a like a like a troll in totally. some way. Yeah. He did one of the best. We were talking about this on the. He did one of the best trolls, where Taylor Swift had won <laughs> yeah. a music award, and he gets up with the sunglasses and the crazy shirt. I'm. I'm really happy for you, Taylor. I'm going to let you finish. But Beyonce had one of the best videos of all time. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's just hijack someone getting an award. Just walks, like, whether it was planned or not, that goes down in history as, like, the Janet Jackson nipple incident or whatever. It's, like, one of those things that people are going to talk about after we're dead. Yeah. Like, everyone will remember that, whether you listen to his music or not. The the, uh, the, the uh, character of Kanye West is so much bigger than his music. Like yeah. when you say Kanye West, you I don't think of his music at all. I think of like his character, like his face and like yeah, like, his cockiness and and that's kind but of. But he what, has pretty much lived like his music is like extremely epic, and it's like I am on top of the world. You cannot fucking touch me. He is arrogant as fuck, and he does live it. He he lives up to his lyrics like. To do some of the shit that he's doing and to be fucking tapping Kim Kardashian, he's doing it. So funny. JZ. JZ wasn't in it. That was no, disappointing, no, no. but JZ well, is amazing. JZ retires, comes back, <laughs> and then 
makes an album with Kanye West called Watch the Throne. <laughs> like, it has to be a computer simulation. Yeah, where, like, ridiculous. one of the biggest industries for music is people just talking about how awesome they are yeah. and filling giant fucking stadiums. <laughs> but makes sense, right? Yeah. Like, in some way. Like, that's why it's, it's really hard for me to get into... Uh, there's certain like the mood behind certain like the songs that I played the mood and tone of I'm not really a lyrics person but like some of the production is amazing but like I can't listen to a whole album of how awesome someone is yeah so I think there's there's something really magical to me about somebody honing the craft of rap like that, to be able to true. use their words in such a rhythmic poetic way and to think of, to think of these things well, on feel the it. spot the people who are good at it they're wizards it. It, it's amazing when when someone can just they say a, they say a series of words in a way that's pleasurable to listen to and it and it means something that's it might be silly it might be stupid but well, it's, a, it's an art have you ever heard jz talk in an interview he's a wizard yeah. he's he's literally Everything that he comes back with in an interview is so multi-layered and cl- he has the like Bill Murray, Crispin Glover. That he's got that thing where it's like it's it, a there's really... a confusing element about Jay Z. <laughs> yeah, where like the, one of the first interviews I saw of him on Letterman, he came across as being kind of like almost dumb, but really smooth. exactly and it was very confusing because there were those polar polar opposites going on all at the same time where it's like who is this guy like yeah, he doesn't do a lot of interviews either. he really seems like he does not give a fuck yeah and really you, well, seems... a lot of people try and pretend like they don't but it's the it's the it that we always talk yeah. about like that thing that you earn you somehow figure something out and you're able just to apply it to everything some people who have it, some people don't. Some people get it eventually. Some people try so hard, like rollerblading. Yeah, rollerblading is like the ultimate example of trying to have it, forcing it. Oh shit, that reminds me. Not we're going to watch something quickly, and then we're going to come back. Sounds good. Because um, there was, uh, I, I said to Todd... And I don't want anybody to get offended with this thing, but <laughs> not much I can do. <laughs> I think every sport right now, when when people are arguing like why rollerblading is so good, like, oh, you can go so big and you can grind the biggest rails or whatever, every other sport is doing a better job at that right, <laughs> right now than rollerblading is. And that's not to say that rollerblading isn't amazing. I think, like, from a technical standpoint... But, like, impressive, like, hammer-wise and really taking that creativity to, like, a huge level. Some of the skiing and BMXing and skateboarding stuff that I've seen recently. Obviously, they've been around for so much longer. But, like, skiing only started doing free free skiing stuff for... It hasn't been around for that long. Like, if you watch that Solomon video, the first free ski was invented in 1999 or something like that. So that's... It's only been around. And there are some of the like styles and grinds and what they're taking to street like a lot of that stuff is possible on rollerblades like when they build huge kickers to like big wall rides and then like 
obviously it's easier to build shit with snow, but I'm surprised that, um, I think we talked about this on the Jacob cast that, and BMXers are really good at this too, that rollerbladers like don't build more stuff on street. That Sven city hopper was sweet because of that. Yeah. If you take just like a kicker, like out on the street, if you had a portable kicker, the way that opens up street skating for rollerblading is huge. Yeah. It's huge. Anyways, we're going to watch this shit. Do you agree with that at all? I don't know if you understand the, the statement, how I say like other sports are doing a better job at being rollerblading. Than, is that confusing? No, I understand it. But probably a lot of the <laughs> listeners are a little bit confused by that statement. But if I was to reiterate it, I would just say that I think <clears throat> for the longest time, rollerbladers were telling themselves and tell, trying to tell everyone else that... Like, look at us. Look at how big we can go. Look at how amazing this is. And yeah, it is. they're right. It is amazing. And you can go pretty big on a pair of skates. But there's also some other sports that also go really big and do really incredible things yeah. as well. We're not as special as we did, uh, as we thought we were. Well, and like, some of... And we still think we are. We're not... I mean, we are. We're awesome. There's... Awesome things yeah. that I love about rollerblading, but yeah. It's other one sports. direction right now. That's the thing. I think that's the point that I'm trying to make is that, and we've said it before, is that, uh, like, Jaron Grobe doing the the loop. And yeah. I've been, if anybody knows where, the, where this video, there's a best trick competition where they built the Levi's loop or whatever the fuck it was. Sean Robertson, do you remember he, he went, he started going up it and pushed back and gapped. Yeah. However, like... I don't even know how wide that was. He just, like, tossed himself to the other side of the loop. Yeah. I haven't seen that... uh, Skiing has done stuff, like, skiing starting to do stuff like that, but, like, rollerblading had only been around for not that long, and, like, the guys who are really good, what they were able to do on those... And, again, Jacob Podcast, some of the big ramp stuff, the skiing edit that we're going to watch is, like, you can really see... Aragon kind of has it. Like, Aragon can really take... He doesn't get enough credit, in my opinion, because of his, like, his image doesn't, like, fit into what's popular right now. But, yeah. like, some of the big stuff that's done on street and rollerblading, really surprised that, like, the skiing, rollerblading crossover each sport. I swear skiing's taking more inspiration from rollerblading than roller... Or, how about that? Yeah, skiing seems like it's taking a lot of inspiration from rollerblading, like, in the grinds and stuff. But rollerblading could use more inspiration. Totally. From skiing. Yeah, totally. If it's like if, if, if rollerblading came from the perspective that we're not that special and they appreciated other sports more and took more influence from what they were doing, a lot of great rollerblading would come from that. Definitely. From that attitude. I think, and but like the the tricks like the Sean Robertson trick and Jaron Grobe and stuff. It's funny that in in rollerblading as a culture, that kind of stuff we don't isn't talk. as respected or isn't as celebrated as no. well. Like, just there's like a it, there's a very small subculture of rollerblading, a certain style right now that Stefano is celebrated. Alfano, like obviously his yeah. personality. But do you ever remember like, that edit where he did like he went off of a Broscow did one similar like this and. This looks like the flat spin. To he did. <laughs> that was amazing, but it was like that one was obviously amazing, right? But people will get hurt by his persona. Like it's very image based and around marketing. He went off of like a, like a kicker, 
and there was a big bank really far away, and it was like a, f I don't even know how to explain it. It would be like, if there's a kicker and then a big bank with a huge gap, and then that recent Broscow edit, it's when you land not facing straight, but you're gapping into something, you take off straight, right. and then you land going like this. Sideways. And it was just fucking huge. Like, it looked like a skiing trip, and or skiing trick, and he had just, like, no pads on, just, like, no shirt, shorts, <laughs> just going full speed towards this ramp, and did this huge thing, and it's like, we talk more about the technical, like, oh, I can't believe that someone did a... F fast slide to true top porn on a little skate park rail. No one talks about those big tricks. Just like you said, why is that though? I don't know. Why did they get swept under the rug? That should be like a big part of what's celebrated in skating. Like how much fun did you have gapping up a big gap with a skitch from a car on a little shitty X Factor plastic ramp and then 540ing a gap? Like that's amazing that you yeah. can do that on skates. I don't know. I don't know what that point is. We're going to watch the ski at what It's just point? interesting that right now the videos that are being made they're not full of tricks like that no. when they when they could be. There's little there's a couple couple things here and there. Like here and there, but for the most part it's like a very narrow and style of skating. Uh, like And again, like people are angry that we're trying to dissect rollerblading we're not we would have these conversations whether we're recording or not we had these conversations for years but it is weird that rollerblading doesn't celebrate these people or really support them they might support them but like it's funny that people still talk shit on that jaren grob what do you believe in section i was surprised about that hey is i didn't i haven't rewatched it in a long time is it that bad i don't think it, it's it's definitely not that bad. I mean, there's a lot of awesome skating that he does yeah. in it. I. I don't. It's it's interesting that that got so much diss. Another good Jacob point was. Latimer and Brainfear gone. I've never really thought about this trick, but he just put a little tiny board. Yeah. At the bottom of a huge stair set. Oh, that's intense. That's if you carry a board around, what you can do. Like BMX is great doing stuff like that but like yeah. oh, just putting a sketchy little board at the bottom of it's the awesome set. we should bring boards around for sure oh fuck yeah and cam loops fuck yeah there's so much yeah it's crazy it um, opens up skating horn horn gatcher is a is another skater who's really like on that kind of level yeah isn't he sponsored by red bull or something like yeah. that makes sense right What's that section of him is was it in a, a razors video or something Icons, or Icon. where it had the metal, it had like the. And it's all just huge stunts, and it like as a like it makes you laugh, but it's so it's done so well. There's this amazing. <laughs> he does some kind of like he he grinds up a kink rail or something. And it's like, it looks like a bunch of the school is watching and like the mascots there. Do you remember? <laughs> it's like some amazing shit. But okay. see, Stefan Horngasher is celebrated by a, a huge company, Red Bull. Yeah. Like, to, the, to Red Bull, to that oh, big corporation. This is the best role writer in the world. And Sven, but in our culture, Sven Bokerst or whatever, I think he makes a really good living doing that Mind the Gap. Is that, what? 
Europe and the U that's so weird. There's really some kind of a weird, like the Europe, there's amazing ramp skaters from Europe, but it's like, it's always Americans that are, uh, what's up with that? And like, and I'm, I'm going to admit like European videos and stuff, there's like some good ones, but like clip and all that stuff. I just was never really in, there's amazing skaters like Jochen, there's lots of people you could name, but there's. How can we merge those two things and make it work? Why is there always... Like, why do you have to move to California or the States and then do your thing? That's so weird. It feels like it's two separate things. And, like, Canada, we're weird. We're really fucking weird. Australia, amazing skaters. How do we tie it all together? How's that going to work? <sighs> My brain's going into a knot. It's, it's all just weird. I don't have any solutions. I just have questions. <laughs> On that note, let's watch this shit. What do I press? This? Uh, the red one. Okay, we're back. Oh, we're back. We're back. We watched Sunny remix uh, on Skiing. Vimeo. Skiing. It was really good. It, it had highlights that related to the theme that we were talking about beforehand. Especially the last trick in that you go ahead what do you want to say it was like um, it seems like rollerbladers would would almost be mad because like their place the place that we have like asserted ourselves as like being the biggest amplitude sport oh. on street yeah. it's like if you watch that that edit and you imagine they're on skates instead of skis. It's like a better, I wouldn't say a better version of rollbiting, but it's a version of rollbiting that's at a, like, double the amplitude yeah. that rollbiting is. Kenny Talp was 540 as well, we forgot to say. Yeah, like that was like the biggest, one of the biggest <laughs> airs that I've seen on rollblades, and it was, it was amazing, but... Obviously, the things that are done on s skis and snowboards are like Even twice, big. three times, four times as big as that. And that's just the way it is. It's not like it's not like roll biting is any worse because of it. No, but that but people just have to let go of the idea of roll biting being yeah, like oh my god, it's the most special thing in the universe. No, but there's that, that I was gonna say Kenny Ta like um that why wasn't that five forty like if 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 Broskow did that 540, people would be spraying diarrhea in their <laughs> pants. Yeah. But it's Kenny. He's like, that is one of the bigger 540s, but it's just like, it's not part of the marketing machine. That is, it's one of the cool, like the fact that it was a tow rope too. Yeah. Made it amazing that that was that style of skating that should be celebrated. And it's just, there's too much shit online shitty shit and it's people will talk about oh my god and this is just one example but like people shit themselves over i can't even remember what it was but in regardless andrew jacuzzi did like a back torque to 270 topsail on a ledge more people would talk about that than kenny talpa fucking like 40 kilometers an hour tow rope into i don't know how how far he went but it looked like he went really yeah, far it on that huge. it's like it's not that 
one is better than the other. I just think that side of skating, and I sure as hell can't do it. I'll just spin around and do some set slides, but like that style of skating should be celebrated and explored way more. Yeah. Anyways, so but your point was that we shouldn't talk about why rollerblading's that you can go bigger. It's uh, and it's not people talk about it, but you see that on YouTube as a defense mechanism. Yeah. The classic. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. It's a defense mechanism, and it comes back to the, the going, to, like approaching, filming something or making something with that attitude of like proving, prove what, yourself, validating what what role betting is from your perspective or why you think it, it makes it great. It's like the the marketing of role betting, the marketing machine is creating this like really narrow scope of what is why roll biting is awesome or what roll biting is like you said like that last trick in that skiing edit was that guy launching into that massive like curvy thing like body body slide. sliding through it to massive Math air hand plant he hand planted off the edge yeah. and like held that super sick and you would never see brosco do that Aragon, you would never see Aragon anybody happy. and and if they did it would be a joke and it wouldn't be celebrated and the people who have done stuff like that don't like People who have pushed it, as soon as you start pushing it, like you're not part of the rollerblading marketing machine. Yeah. Dustin Latimer, as soon as he changes his style, Matthew Ledoux, Damian Wilson, Dominique Sagona, kind of like pared back on the crazy style and like career wise, you can't. And whatever producer you're working with, like video production, they would never put that as an ender. Yeah. Like someone launching up to like some crazy like plastic box or something on the street, like a storage box, and if you body slid, then hand plant 180 off it's like no this yeah. no it's just we were saying like if it was in it would be on something small and be like i'm just joking like they'd show up a shot of them being like, yeah. like it's not yeah. it wasn't that's not rollerblading well, it's almost like the <laughs> that skiing and snowboarding and even skateboarding they are so secure in what they're doing because it's so validated by the mass culture and they're there's no, they're not trying to prove it. They don't give a fuck about proving skiing because it's already a massive industry. They, they don't need to prove it. Well, they're yeah, just having fun with it. The point, it was an activity first and then the culture kind of came out of it yeah. after all of those were like... They're not trying to prove skiing. They're just trying to do interesting, creative things with it. Whereas rollerblading <laughs> is so, like, it's a, such a stern religion. <laughs> this is the problem. <laughs> and... I don't want, I feel bad bringing this up, but it was something that I wanted to talk about on the podcast. And I've said it before, and I said it before we started the podcast. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you have awesome looking aggressive skates, <laughs> you've got the, the nice jeans, you've got whatever, like, you know, the hair is good, you know, you got the right stance, your clothing looks <laughs> the good. The right stance. To 99 point whatever percent of the world, you you are a rec skater. Yeah. You're, well, you're no, exactly, exactly the same as a rec and skater. And in your mind, because you've seen these videos, you might believe that you're different and you might get angry if someone says that it's the same thing. You might get hurt over the fact that someone says that it's the same. It is the same thing. Yeah. It always has been. It always will be. <laughs> the fact that we don't, that that's not discussed, 
and my point being that whether it was John Julio or not, that thing about power blading, I understand from his perspective it was a, like a marketing thing. I understand people like get mad about the term power blading, but to be mad at anything that makes the experience of skating more fun and to be mad at that is it's embarrassing that that should even be a fight. I read a comment where it was like, if you use power blades, you may as well put spandex shorts on. <laughs> and it's like, okay, it's so if you thing. had like, like skates that looked like nice kicks, like fresh kicks, <laughs> some fresh jeans, fresh gear, and you skated down the street, do you, have you really convinced yourself that you're any different than someone on rec skates? It's exactly the same thing. Yeah. Like, I would love to hear an argument on why the two are different. Me too. That would be interesting to hear that argument. Because it comes from such an emotional place of, like, it's the exact same reason it's that chip, how, or sorry, how it's not a chip on the shoulder. It's just, like, a gaping hole that people yeah. are just so hurt and so defensive. I don't know. I just wanted to get that off my chest. That still bothers me so much. Yeah. Oh, and we watched uh, a little bit of City Hopper, but compared to the production quality of that sunny edit, there was way too much, too many cuts. Overdoing it get with the cuts. Lots of cuts. But um, the City Hopper thing, there was some really, that's a good idea. And we didn't know how he said, yeah, Stefan Horngasher, obviously he's sponsored by Red Bull if he's doing all this big stuff, and then Red Bull sponsored City Hopper. Yeah. It's it's an interesting thing that, that these big companies like Red Bull are sponsoring an entire an entirely different breed of of rollbladers than the ones that are celebrated by the rollblading culture that's just an interesting observation well it's pretty much it's the exact same it's related to what i what i said that i think what people believe to be the culture of rollerblading is actually really far from what it actually is that there kind of isn't a rollerblading yeah. culture and it's whatever you want it to be. But within rollerblading, quote-unquote, culture... And maybe that's why it's so small, is that as a culture, we're, we're imposing such ridiculous rules onto people that most people don't want to follow them, and therefore they don't identify with rollerblading, or they don't give the activity itself a chance because it doesn't... That it one skier doesn't give them anything. He did that massive double backflip, and it fucking wasn't no grab. Yeah. I don't like. And, I don't care if it was. He went like a hundred feet over the biggest gap. No grab. Amazing. <sighs> come on. Yeah, he should. He really should have grabbed it. Like I mean, he really needs to think about the like Stop. how he's making skiing look. When yeah, that's embarrassing. Double backflip. I just it's think it's ridiculous. Like. It's interesting that rollbladers stop doing front flips and back flips. <laughs> Why? Rollbladers should start doing front flips and back flips. Lots of them. All Lots flips. Them. Yeah. Every flip. More flips. Rollblader needs more flips. Seriously, rollblader needs more flips. The equalizer, man, at the skate park. Get there, do a flip. That's it. Look equalizer of respect. You, then you can do whatever you want after that. Yeah. You ever pull a flip on those things? You ever bust a flip? <laughs> Damn. Doesn't even matter if it's backflip. Just get Doesn't inverted. Doesn't have to be a backflip. Just get inverted. 
Get yeah, just get inverted. That's that's, a, a, that's an interesting. Sometimes all it takes is like a ha- like a nice hand plant one eighty where it almost appears, or like a like a slightly bio five forty. Yeah. Boom, equalizer. Get inverted on those things. That's interesting though. That like when roll biting first came along, there was a lot of front flips, a lot of back flips, like people and a lot of misty flips. Like misty flips were huge. Like every professional roll biter could do a misty flip and would often do misty flips. Like a lot of the Ryan Jacklum hitting a Luke misty flip over a fly box. Oh. You have got to be kidding me. One of his best Just ones stop was uh, Whew, fast that, shoes. Fast shoes oh. where it's like. Can't save me, can't lay low. Oh, with the full bricks, with the paint. And he had like the. It was like. He, it was like the only thing that he didn't. Remember, he didn't skate much in Vancouver, and he just tossed the nicest full speed Liu Kang Misty flip. Jesus. And then he like went to go eat a hot dog with Dave Ortega. Like God he missed damn. his run because they were getting hot dogs. So they yeah. were probably high as fuck. Shit. <laughs> Dude, let's go get hot dogs. Again. But then, but, then, how, but how old was skating there and how yeah. far some of those guys pushed it in that time and it's yeah. like what the like I think even just uh, opening up these old magazines remember Daily Bread um, had a lot of things like oh what do you think of the ASA or what do you think of X Games and it was like cool to say like oh ASA is whack but whatever I'll go skate it like there was a there was a divide between like ramp skating and street skating. And we yeah. bought into it. Yeah. Everyone bought up, into right? it. As a culture, we bought into it, which resulted in like barely anyone doing flips. Like barely anyone does like a flip. Like uh, Chris Hathaway well, I, hey. did, is doing amazing like double uh, yeah. flat spins at Nitro Aragon Circus. again. But that's like a freak yeah. thing that's celebrated outside of roll biting. That's not like... Well, we, we, you rarely we know that you wouldn't crazy, see yeah. Hathaway do a front flip in a, one of his sections. <sighs> I bet he could just bust a front. He flip could probably bust be, a double backflip, but it's they wouldn't like put it in because yeah. he, he probably couldn't grab it. He probably couldn't grab his feet. Grabbing has really didn't that held back roll. Didn't that skier like he was grabbing onto like the back of his thighs or whatever just to huck it? Yeah. Like, and there was a time I think, like Connor O'Brien, there was people who were so against the fact that he was throwing fakie backflips. <laughs> Whoa. That's so interesting. Because he grabbed his shin or something like that. Yeah. And people were just like, like, I can't believe, like, that just makes our sport look so bad. The religion, like, you're wrecking our religion. Yeah, so twisted. We are a twisted bunch of motherfuckers. We are raping children. It, like, I think it made so much sense that Pat Lennon skated, uh, K2, like, K2 kind of knew, I've, again... Jacob has so many fucking good points. He talked about how, like, K2 had, like, Patlin and Sean Robertson, Ryan Dawes. They had dudes who could just throw down on ramps. Yeah. But then they weren't... They had Louie, too, who could yeah. kind of do both. But, like... And that was, was kind of... That was where the... they tried to... Where they took it was skating. But it was, like, the divide between ASA and street skating eventually... There was this weird era of, like, from 99 to 2003 where shit just got really fucked up well you know I, it just I got a thought the, it's almost like skating was a lot more diverse when other corporations and outside influence were, were involved like a K2 for and, sure and like ASA Solomon Solomon you know as soon as 
this whole movement of skate around and like we've gone so underground that outside companies want nothing to do with us. I mean, that that has it's good in certain ways, but in a lot of ways, it's narrowed our focus and it's narrowed the types of tricks that we're doing. It's narrowed the characters that are involved. It's narrowed our influence and it's made our religion more and more repressive. We are so fucking repressed. Have you ever have ever named my like team that I've picked? Of skaters, so this is your like uh, hypothetical Imagine, like, team. If I had a boot company, yeah, or something like that, and I had a shitload of money, damn, let's hear um, it. So, Walt Austin, Matthew Heineman, Rory Mellahan, Matthew Ledoux, shit, Dustin Latimer, whether he wants to put out anything or not, <laughs> yeah, doesn't matter. <laughs> Kevin Yee, um. I think I'm missing one person. That that's pretty much like, in terms of people who embody something that I see, and I think that's just relates to like, if you ever want to make up like an imaginary team, sometimes it it doesn't reflect like how I skate, but it reflects like when I imagine skating, people who are even better at like taking how I imagine skating could be. Yeah. Divert like all those dudes are super diverse or whatever. So, but again, have teams gotten less diverse? Um, it's a good question. No, I think, um, everyone's really talented, really good at skating, but I just (coughs) feel like the focus has been very, like quite narrow. The Jado video trailer was pretty sweet in terms of, but everyone kind of like looks the same. Now you kind of get like one tone and feel. Apart just from like everyone, Damien Wilson not being on Shadow is just a huge metaphor for me. Like, it's like people like that don't have a place anymore. There's no face wheels. There's there's, I don't I I think it's an obvious answer that skate teams are far less diverse than they were in as a business strategy. I guess that's just the way that you have to. But is rollerblading a business? I guess it is. But like. Oh my god. That's uh, pathetic. I think I think it's really cool. Uh uh There should be like you know how Rob G's on rollerblade? There should be like a Rob G type character on each. Not character, but like that's the only company that I find is if 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 roll if Rob G's on rollerblade then Rory Millahan, but it could just be that Roy Melhan's maybe not as accessible to film and there's not a lot of money to give to him, but it's like, I wish some of these guys were able to put out more stuff. Yeah. I think Rollbang would be way more exciting Matthew if Hyman, some of these guys were more celebrated. But also some of these characters that are super creative or, or have like a really unique vision for skating, they, sometimes they don't even want. Like Matthew Heineman seems like someone who maybe wouldn't even take a deal for a skate contract. Yeah. So... Who knows but but it is that the thing that got me on that tangent was it is interesting to think of like Solomon and K2 picking these guys for a reason and picking a team that represents a brand like from an outsider perspective a little bit yeah that is an interesting thing I haven't really thought about that I think and older older companies they would they would think more about like appealing to a larger demographic. 
Like, you would have the guy that's the super good street skater. You would have the super good vert skater. You would have, like, the weird creative skater. They had amazing... You would have, like... K2 had amazing vert skaters, too. Yeah. And you would have people that would appeal to this group and this group and this group. And now, I feel like most of the people are just appealing to one group. Yeah. And the, the, the amount of different tribes within our tribe, it's, like, people are against... They should Multiple have tribes. They should have one. They're all, they're, tr- they're trying like, to keep it all one they, tribe. Oh and no! When people they, step out of that tribe. They should have like, one tribe with members of each tribe, and that tribe's like badass. Like each yeah. one super tribe that where there's be like the best ambassador from each of the tribes. Exactly. That's why the that power, should be a That's team. why the power blading thing was really disheartening too, because there could be a guy that emerges that is so fucking amazing on bigger wheels and yeah. he doesn't care about skating any other setup and yeah. he just kills the big wheel setup and he's not a cone skater and he's not yeah. a free skater he doesn't really fit into anything like why but would you hate on that possibility no... if someone enjoys think... riding on bigger wheels and they excel yeah why would you hate on that well, I think... why wouldn't you support that i just thought like it was really like it sucked like to read if that was attached to john julio but it it was strictly, like, his vision or whatever. Like, your vision would be so skewed if you had so much invested from a marketing perspective in skating that I understood why that comment, he would make that comment. But I feel like that is not going to help him in any way. Like, I just understand. Someone made a really good comment where, like, he's been a pro skater for, like, if he said he's been skating for 20 plus years, he's been involved in the industry 20 plus years. So something like power blading is, can, could probably like make you really mad. Like a threat. Yeah. So that's where I understand it. But yeah, from the perspective of the most amazing skater of all time emerges and puts out this edit and not that this would happen. It could. And it just so happens he started skating on power blade frames just as a fluke. Not as, yeah. the, he just, he went into a shop and was like, oh, um, what if I skate these frames? And the That's shop what dude was just like, oh, you can go way faster. You can skate on shittier surfaces. And it's just like, oh, and then puts out a section. There's barely any grinds. He like take, carries a board around, builds a weird ramp. And it's just the most mind blowing thing you've ever seen. Not for everybody. Not for everybody, but, a, but in a terms lot of, of people like, would be like, "Whoa, that's that's yeah. rollerblading! I can do that on rollerblades." So I don't get again, like why. It's like we the invisible rollerblading needs to accept the fact that it is weird, and within it, it needs to embrace the weird. It is trying to. Oh yeah! Did you get that? Did you listen? Yeah, to that I've been one? listening to that, it's and it's good. amazing. It's but really what rollerblading is trying to do is make itself more normal. Because it like is insecure. It's not. It's trying to fit in with the world. It's trying to be normal, and it's trying to breed normal within it. It's trying to breed like the normal skater, the normal tricks. Grab your shit, do it tight, technical grinds, spins well, to it, grinds, it, a certain dress style, there's a certain amazing, image. There's amazing shit that happens within it, right? But it's, it's like I call it like a narrow focus. Yeah. Right. But I don't. Does, is that normal or is it it just seems like the well, system just, within it it needs to embrace keep, like people do it it needs to embrace people exploring new avenues of skating yeah instead of just celebrating this one avenue it's like roll, as a culture we need to say whoa look at what this guy's doing like that's amazing and support it it's like an educational system yeah. where you don't support 
the artistic kid, the weird kid in the corner that's drawing pictures or listening to music. You only support the kids that are good at mathematics. I think... And those kids that are good at mathematics get encouragement and they get really good at mathematics. But then all the other facets of society suffer because the kid in the corner who's like really good at poetry, the rapper, you don't support the M&M, you don't support... You don't support Jason Silver. You gotta <laughs> support all the all the weirdos. Where you have to support can... the weirdos, and then you have a more diverse culture. Where ideas can hang out and have sex. Exactly. <laughs> People just you hang out, do whatever. <laughs> oh yeah, where ideas can hang out and do whatever. <laughs> I, that math, the mathematician things. Are you still? You got? What do you think? About five more minutes. Ten more minutes. Yeah, I'm good. Let's do five. Five more minutes. Okay. Um. Yeah, the mathematician thing is really good. But here's my question to you. Here's my question for your question. (laughs) (laughs) What is it? I have a question for your question. I answer your question with another question. How many aboriginal models do you know? (laughs) Um, uh, Here's the problem. So, you're a businessman. You like it. Or you're Todd. You're not even a businessman. Yeah. You come up on some cash. Word. Like... Big time. Like, you might not have to work ever again. Your family supported. You want to invest it in... Not? This is the thing. You're talking like eight bucks? Like a... Hundred fifty? Five million dollars. Five mil. All right. So, it's... It's not so much that you can get out of hand, but it's enough that, like, you want to invest some in starting a company of some sort, right? Right. This is a bigger question of like the world that we live in and the internet and what works and what doesn't and rollerblading. So you want to do something with wheels attached to feet. So right. you're staring at a, a remedy skate, right? Yeah. Sitting there. You want to start a boot company, but it's like, my question is, are you going to market that to this rollerblading industry that's like a spec or you approach it from an entirely different perspective and when you do pick your team even if these guys came from this speck of an industry Anthony that one time said it's a microcosm within a microcosm roll is already a microcosm the idea of aggressive skating or freestyle skates is like literally a blip on like a giant corporation's map yeah they want to invest in inline skating before they invest in trick skating but you're yeah. starting clean slate and you're investing in it and you don't have to make rec skates, and you don't have to make speed skates. Do you just start from scratch? Like, is it not even rollerblading, or how do you, how do you do like, how do you market this thing that you're putting together? If this is a boot with wheels attached to it, yeah. Well, that would take a lot of thought, but I would definitely, I would definitely approach it from. I would. Tr- I would I would not approach it as targeting rollerblading. Cuz even if you're successful within that, you're you're going to fail because it's so small. Yeah. See, I, I care but about the... I care about money. I want to make I want to No. <laughs> no, I want to turn my million dollar investment into 20 million dollars. But no, at, and but I, at the root of it though, like you have like if you had a good product or, or never mind, I'll let you go. Keep going. It's it's all one thing. It, it, there's no separation between wanting to be successful and doing something yeah, that's, <clears> that's going to appeal to the masses, you, or or not even appeal to the masses, but a, like 
just do something that's going to strike a nerve in the general population. Filling a hole, doing something that's that's been done, but doing it better than how it's been done. Yeah. And so, I would definitely, it would definitely be more of the approach from how corporations in the past have run run role betting companies and what they've tried to do with marketing and with their product development. Product development would be first and foremost okay, yeah, yeah. ahead of the marketing. Yeah. The, 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 the idea of cool or trying to create some kind of image would be a secondary uh, a secondary um, objective to creating a product yeah. that is going to make the activity of role-biting as pleasurable as it can be to anybody. Yeah, okay. Try to make it as easy. Try to make skates that a grandma can put on and be like, whoa, this is actually pretty easy and go skate down the street. A little kid can just put them on and it's a natural uh, evolution from them walking to them skating. I would first and foremost think about that activity yeah. and comfort and pleasure of activity, regardless of if it's cool. or like, we, we worry so much about like how we're going to be appealing to the mass audience oh, and, and how we're going to like show everyone what's tight and meanwhile scootering is blowing up oh yeah blowing up it, you scootering right now is like a um, hundred times bigger than rollback. i'm actually happy that i didn't commit to skating yesterday because it would have been devastated yeah <laughs> so, <laughs> i i still haven't gone to the indoor skate park in town for the however many years that i've two years now i think i still haven't gone to it yeah and i was almost gonna go yesterday and pulled out because I, I just can't bring myself to experience skating that way in the wintertime. But you went, and there was a private party. It wasn't for skateboarding and BMX. It was for scootering. Yeah, scooter kids. It's taking over. Scootering is getting really big. And it's not because scootering is cool, and they put out a bunch of cool videos, and they have, like, cool pros. It's just because it's fun, and it's just because it's accessible and easy for kids to get into. And lots of kids... Any kid can get on a scooter them, and push. Right? Lots of kids had them, like... That age group. So when we tried them at Toys R Us and we were in grade eight or nine, there was young, younger kids than us who their parents got a Razor scooter and then this shit takes a life of its own, no matter yeah. what it is. It was sitting in the garage and... And it's an did. older technology. Like even in the, in the 80s and 90s, there were those really big scooters. Like people had really big scooters. Yeah. So scootering is nothing new, but they refined the technology into something that's smaller, lighter, yeah. more accessible... And now it's really taking off because it's, it's easy and it's fun. Yeah. Like, and I think as rollerblading, we've been trying to market ourselves and show how fucking cool we are and blah, blah, blah. And maybe it'll work on a few people. And, and maybe some of those people will get a pair of skates on their feet. Happens but chances way. are they'll put them on their feet and they'll be skating like a pair of razors that are too big. And they'll be paying skating anti-rocker on some ground that's not that nice. And they'll be like, Stock this really, really isn't that too. fun. And they won't fall in love with it. Yeah. You just lost a guy. He'll pick up a scooter, be like, oh, this is, this is sweet. So Skateboard's great we, as a, we as an industry need to focus on the experience of rollerblading. Okay, so that's great. And you have said that before for your mission statement. So then you're picking a team now. This right. is where your problem comes in. Or you, would you pick a team or would you not pick a team? Yes, I would pick a team. Because, yeah, it's marketing and... And if I did have five million dollars, I would want to, you know, I would want to support and represent. <laughs> and I would want to hang out with with bladers, and I would want to go film skating every day. 
So it would be people who I want to <laughs> hang out with, but it would also be people who I think represent or, or showcase the technology yeah. in many different facets. Yeah. It's like a rainbow. I don't yeah, want okay. all blue. I don't want all yellow. I don't want just two colors. I don't want just three colors. I want every color of the of the motherfucking rainbow. Too late. You don't have to say rollerblading was a rainbow a long time ago. Yeah. But we're trying not to be a rainbow. We're trying to be one color. We're trying to... Well, no. Rainbow, that's gay. We're not gay. We're, we're hardcore. We're aggressive in line. We're black. Remember the Arlo Big Brother interview is like... Uh, what do you think about rainbows or whatever? Like, he kept throwing out the questions. And I was like, I look at the rainbow as a symbol of diversity. And it was like, such a great answer. Yeah. Like, instead of being heard about, like... Anyone who hates on rainbows sucks. Well, if you're going to okay. hate on a rainbow... Quote, unquote, using the word gay, rainbows are super gay. But rainbows are fucking awesome. Rainbows are, like, the coolest shit ever. <laughs> rainbows are the coolest shit ever. You can see every color. Yeah in the sky and yeah. it's across the sky like come on <laughs> just what does it mean? just what you did there with your hand <laughs> across the sky like, it inspires feminine movement yeah and it's beautiful it. when you but can... we're we're trying to suppress that rainbow joey people have been mocking us for our rainbow so it's killing our rainbow the rainbow we have had all along and we still do have but we go and we paint our rainbow black because we're afraid to be a rainbow because the rainbow is criticized. <laughs> you see? But as a marketing campaign, I want the rainbow. I want all of they the would, colors. They, they don't talk about it as a rainbow, but yeah, the diversity thing. That's, that is the future. Is like um, mashing up a bunch of influences from all over the place. And yeah. it's not really like your company, that whole idea of like your logo means a lot and your someone gets a vibe from the company. I understand that some rollerblading companies are trying to do that, but I don't think that's where the future is. Well, it, do, it is important and it does have its place and you need to consider those things. You need to consider branding and all that. But that can't come be, before your product. But like, what's the next... That can't come be, before your product. Yeah. You need to focus first and foremost on your product. What yeah. are you trying to do? Yeah. And then you focus on creating a, an awesome product... And then you think about, okay, how are we going to get this product out? Yeah. But if you're thinking about getting something out before you're even thinking about what it is, that's just stupid. Okay, so what's going to be, so there's, people always throw out like Apple, Starbucks, Google, um, and there's, I guess so, hey, I guess it works. <laughs> no. <laughs> It, it works it, uh, from a perspective of people we'll go, wanting we'll, to be a part of We'll do a test. That. We'll go knock on your neighbor's door and see if he knows what Volo is. And he won't. He, he would know... Uh, rollerblade. He would know Rollerblade. He would know Rollerblade. Yeah. But he wouldn't... He would know K2. Yeah, he would know K2. He would know Solomon. Yeah, he would know Solomon. Yeah, hey. He wouldn't know Shadow. He wouldn't know SSM. He wouldn't know Volo. Wouldn't know Seba. He would know the word inline skate. He would know the brand rollerblade. He would know the brand kit. What a fucking weird thing. No wonder we have this podcast. How many layers are there within the whole fucking idea of rollerblading and its bizarre history and lots. currently where There's it is. lots of layers. This is like a lasagna within a lasagna that's like in a taco 
in a salad that's like baked inside of a turkey. <laughs> Can you imagine if it was like, uh, yeah, I do know Valo. I like that. Uh, I like that that company represents. They grab their shit. There's not a lot of ungrabbed flips. Yeah, I, I I think that's funny. I think if someone was to describe like, yeah, if someone was like, yeah, I really like Volo. Someone that's like really into Volo, they, they keep would, it together. They would, they would describe. It's a their cream. marketing campaign, and they would describe what they represent and and who runs it and who's involved with it. But I don't think a lot of people that are like diehard Volo fans would be like, yeah, the product that they're selling me is amazing. It's, That's what I love. It's the it is the, um, it's fashion, right? It's so like you or I may not need to like have our skates look really clean, but like the fashion vibe, like the sneakers, it works from a marketing perspective. Julio said, there's always something new that you look forward to. So that's the one thing he skated M12s and like his style was amazing. M12 is a classic skate that Pretty much fail safe. You and I have skated them. Yeah, it's a it great, works. it's a decent skate. So let's just put like different skins on them. But and then the team and the image is really clean, clean skating, clean style. Not too much bullshit from like a, like an action sport perspective. It's like, I guess. It does kind of work from that vibe of like Apple and Starbucks. It's been, I can see how it's like a consistent boutique, but it's weird how that's kind of like, it feels like that's the only, that, that cult, the cult of Valo. Like if you're into, uh, I don't even know how. I, per I perceive it as being, uh, I perceive it as being empty. Like there, there's, Companies I uh, like Apple and Starbucks. Um, these are companies that people follow. A lot, they follow and they love, and and they they have like this cult or this religion that's around it. Like you have Apple people that just love Apple products, yeah. and you have S Starbucks people. But at the core of that, at the core of it is like great coffee, or great computers that have been. <laughs> scrutinized over and like that is the core yeah. of starbucks is Design. a great product yeah. and a consistent beverage that you can go in there and you know your beverage is going to be delicious <laughs> and hot and consistent served to you with a smile you know that when you buy an apple computer you're going to get a beautiful user experience that like the the products i'm saying that the the, the things that are at their core have been scrutinized over and so much effort first and foremost have yeah. been put into those things yeah. and then a culture has been built around that yeah yeah well uh, that's where like i guess it can be argued that but i guess they did make the volo light they tried to make like a carbon shell based off of yeah i'm not saying i'm not saying that there is zero attention yeah, yeah. to the product yeah yeah that's not what i'm saying I'm just saying that there's not enough attention to the product yeah. in role betting in general. And I'm not calling out just Volo. I'm not calling yeah, out yeah. any skate companies in particular. Yeah, but sure. I'm thinking in general, role betting is putting way too much money and time and consideration into the marketing but and I, the image yeah. and not enough focus on the product. Is that, that's a money thing though too. 
and then it and well, then people but people like yeah that's the that's the typical thing like there's no money there's no money for research and development meanwhile people are getting flown around the world and going to these contests and everything and that's great they can live this awesome lifestyle but what if all that money was put into the 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 products yeah oh then then no one would go skate no one would go skate at, at at, at contests or something. Bullshit. You had a really good People will go skate anyway. And, and if you make a product that's better for them to skate, then people more people will skate. Too, yeah. People will do your marketing. You don't have to pay for marketing. Yeah. Like people say that rollblading's so broke. Yeah, then why are they fucking flying people around the world? Why not make, try to make rollblades better? <laughs> well, uh, yeah. I don't actually know anything about the rollblading industry. That, that was so funny, <laughs> that one podcast where you were like, you... I, it almost felt like everyone was sitting down and you had stood up and you were like, fuck, raise, fucking razors, but you went on this big thing and then Taylor's like, have you even skated razors or before? <laughs> no. No, I haven't. <laughs> this is all entertainment, folks. Yeah. Don't take anything seriously. Yeah. We don't know shit. It's all rollerblading. It's all, like, this is what I love about the podcast is that we can just spray our guts. This is yeah. what it is. It's just exploration. It's, and it's a great way to just what did I work say? things yeah. out. And, and, and mo- a lot of the shit that I say and a lot of the shit that you say, we don't think it's t- completely accurate We're all just the working time. it out. We're working it out. We're doing our best, you know. We did this shit anyways. Just... We did this, this is, literally this is what we did if we were taking the SkyTrain to a session yeah. or we were getting our skates on or driving to a spot. This is the shit that we would do. So yeah. why not, if you can record it, and put it up why not yeah so well if you've been listening thank you that's great thanks for <laughs> listening to us ramble for an hour and 42 minutes thank you thank you and props uh, represents yeah, support prop keep represent, it real yeah. keep it tight yeah and if you got five million dollars support and represent like focus on the technology oh yeah but don't forget to support and represent and if anyone uh, knows give back <laughs> give back to the industry <laughs> if anyone can find that uh, the the Levi's loop, the Sean Robertson gap that we were talking about. Yeah, that would I've be been cool wanting to see, to see that. Um, and then on top of that, one section that I couldn't find for the worst sections of all time, I wanted to put like uh, there was two videos <clears> I couldn't <throat> find. I couldn't find step two. Step two. Remember step two, where he like no, but I remember Tacoma Funk. Tacoma Funk. That was a bad. Apparently, was a bad video. That was. Isn't there some good skating in it? There might be some good skating in it. No. It might be online. I'll have to look. That I, was a bad That was universally... Video. A lot of people said that was a bad but, video. Yeah, you know, I'd like to see it again. That would be interesting because I say this judging from it from a perspective that I... Heavy always I had solid like ads. 15. Heavy had good ads in VG. I might enjoy it a lot more now yeah. or have a newfound respect for it. So if you have Tacoma Funk, please put it online. Right. Nick Riggle? Send me the link. I don't think he had much... He didn't have oh, he was third world. Sorry, Tacoma Funk was like it was like all Portland. BJ Campbell though, BJ Campbell Uni- was universally. Sick. I'm not sick. Sure talking Portland. Portland had some sick skaters. Yeah. Aaron Feinberg. Aaron Feinberg. BJ Campbell. Do you think BJ Campbell listens to this? I don't. I imagine. <laughs> no. Maybe he's not around, or he's. Hmm. BJ Campbell. I wonder what he's doing. Who knows? One of the original. Most creative rollerbladers of all time, and I'll have one more point after this. Phil, Phil Patrick Riley, remember that guy? One yes. of the first dude to do thread the needles. Um, he had like curly hair, 
he had an article about skating flat in a really old daily bread. Okay. And that was like the original creative skater. And there's not much footage of him. There's only like photos and shit. Apparently he just did. Like, I think he was on acid all the time. <laughs> and sometimes the things that you bring back from the, like, you know, you go, you blow open the doors of perception and you bring some things back that help rollerblading. Some people don't come back, so. Or you just blow. He, like, he's gone apparently. Shit. But yeah, you don't be, remember be him? Careful Phil Patrick acid. Riley? There was a famous uh, Daily Bread article where him and Brooke Howard Smith got into an argument about the bullshit grind. There's <laughs> yeah. pictures of them doing it. He was the dude in like the cargo pants and the K2s. Big mop curly hair. Yeah. I, I would love if there was like, if he had sections or th- if there was more like available of him. But what I got here is I got big stack of Daily Breads. It's almost every issue. Nice. Um, so you can expect more articles about weird shit like Phil Riley. And I'm going to be doing a worst um, ads of all time. Nice. I'm going to be going through every magazine. There's a lot of bad There's a lot of bad shit. Um, (laughs) My final point was the one section that I couldn't find apart from step two, Hoax 6, was the bandwagon production section from Battle My Crew. The first Battle My Crew. That was bad. (laughs) Do you remember that shit? Yeah, I do. So if anyone... I can find that someone suggest that someone one? suggested yeah, it and I couldn't comments. find it I actually looked it up it was like one of the first ones I think didn't battle my crew just recently get posted or no I saw there was there's parts of it <clears throat> online but obviously people so aren't FP FP section recently got posted from battle my crew Yo, check it out lots of drink lots of beer liquor 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 I, like I throw down hang out with the future prospects I throw down liquor liquor liquor, liquor, all, liquor. all the time yeah all the time all the time that yeah. one has stuck yeah liquor 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 and Dominic Sagona had the wet spot in his crotch <laughs> oh cause yeah yeah the girl was like dancing on his lap or yeah 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 that was a that was a funny section. That was a funny. And the section. Way, the, 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 that girl with the water bottle, and she like kind of puts it in her mouth like kind of awkwardly. But then the way Joe Navran edited it, he did like a the scratch like the oh, record scratch on it, and it went and in, in and out. I can't. I still <laughs> so can't believe obnoxious. to this day that there was like they threw that girl into the pole and put it in the video. It's like no wonder. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna start our video by beating up a chick. Yeah, we're stepping it up. <laughs> I mean, I can't remember. Oh, you got yeah. <laughs> We'll get there. A crying girl. They threw a crying girl into a pole. I feel that as though the world is more empathetic now towards human beings for the most part. Well, actually... We live in Canada. Yeah. It's a great place. It is a great place. Well, on that note, thanks everyone again. Yes. I gotta piss. <sighs> Later. Later.